0: Welcome to the Satisfaction Project, your adults only guide to independent sex professionals with Aussie Escort Georgie Wolf. Welcome to another episode of the Satisfaction Project podcast. I had some very excellent guests stop by for this episode. Not one, but two sex experts, Jen and Tess from the popular sex work podcast, It's So Hard. I'm excited about this because I've been listening to It's So Hard for ages. I'm a big fan. I feel pretty special that both these legends agreed to come chat with me. So I have to warn you that there's a lot of fangirling in this episode. But all that aside, we do get on really, really well. We have a lot in common. We've all spent a lot of time talking to sex workers. So as well as hearing the story behind their podcast and hearing the story behind their friendship as well, which is amazing, we also explored what they've learned from the sex workers that they've interviewed over the years. Without any further ado, let's dive into the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Before we dive in, here are our regular disclaimers. Firstly, we don't speak for all sex workers. This is an opinion-only zone. Second, there's no legal advice here either. It's your job to know your local laws and follow them. And lastly, remember that everyone does things their own way. So no matter what, please follow your workers' advice.
1: Yay. Thank you for having us. It's exciting yeah. to be here. It
0: this is. is so cool. Yeah. Last time we spoke, we talked until my butt went numb because <laughs> I was enjoying myself <laughs> so much. Nice. <laughs> I think, great.
1: can we put that on as a little review for our podcast?
0: Okay. I talked until my butt went numb. <laughs> Georgie Wool.
2: That's <laughs> like a slogan for It's So Hard in general. Yeah. I feel like that's a great summary. Cool. <laughs> Pretty much. There's,
0: there's no better recommendation, really, either that you'll listen until your butt goes numb yeah. or that your guests talk until... Their butt goes Now It's usually yeah. I get into a really interesting conversation with someone because I have, I have ADHD so I'm fully focused on whatever <laughs> we're talking about and then two hours later I realise I need to pee really, really badly. Really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Yeah, we were just saying yesterday that our podcast is a neurodivergent podcast because both Tess and I now formally have ADHD as well. Congratulations. Congratulations. So, yeah, I just got my diagnosis yeah. like a week ago. Holy officially. shit, welcome. Yeah, okay. thank you.
2: I'm excited to be here in the team. Uh, I can send you so many TikTok of memes. The, I feel like neurotypicals are like, what now? As if like <laughs> life is hard now, as if it's like that kind of diagnosis. It's actually like probably life gets a little bit easier i might like yes. myself a bit more and everyone do, yeah. knows that uh, of yeah. course
0: of course it ignores you know everyone is different and some people mm. are having experiences of autism or adhd yeah. or whatever that are really fucking hard yeah. and i'm lucky that i'm pretty mild on both those but just mm. enough to be quirky and interesting and be able to sit at a computer for six hours yeah working on something until i nearly <laughs> die of dehydration yeah Yes. It's a good time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited to speak with both of you. And I guess the main reason I'm excited to get you on the Satisfaction Project is just to get the story of your podcast, because I've been listening to It's (laughs) So Hard podcast for ages, Um, and you're both absolutely fucking hilarious and also just super thoughtful. And I would love to, um, I'd love to hear the story about it. But I guess first we should probably just get you folks to introduce yourself. Like, can you each tell us a little bit about yourselves?
1: Good idea. Well, we were just talking a few weeks ago about my titles, which we think yeah. we've nailed down now. We had we did a submission for the Queensland um, decrim campaign, mm-hmm. and in, as a part of that, we were talking about how a lot of those kind of legislative bodies love like the titles, right? Yeah, like the list, they they're do. obsessed cool about
2: it. But they Tess was like, totally.
1: "Oh wow, now I officially know what my what Jen's little spiel is. It's like, yeah. What's your spiel? Like, like, give us the, the professional one. I've probably
2: asked like ten times, like." <laughs> <laughs> You know, are you a social worker? Are you. What um, are you? What, what you? Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> okay, I know you're a researcher, but do you like. Yeah. Because academic worlds are like really. Complicated. I don't know, a bit wanky. So I'm yeah. like, do, you want to, do you want me to say that you're a researcher? And you're just like, do you yeah, want me to, ex-
1: to to out you as an academic? God. <laughs> yeah. It's a, bit, exactly. it's a bit dirty. I know. I know. It's, it's a little something bit inappropriate. That I, Yeah. (laughs) So my official spiel I think we've come to is, hi, I'm Jen. I am a mental health social worker by trade. I'm currently a doctoral student or a doctoral candidate looking at uh, inclusion and critical social policy, uh, particularly in the education space. And I'm also a co-host of the podcast, It's So Hard. And I'm based in South Australia at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's me.
0: That was beautiful.
2: (laughs) Tess, what's your spiel? Um, Well, before my spiel, which is quite boring, um, (laughs) I just have to say it is super weird that you've been listening to us for Is ages, like that's a, such a strange thing for me to hear from you. Since I think I was like reading your stuff, like when I was working in brothels, which feels like a no. lifetime ago. Yeah, and like right? going like or like and sussing stuff out when I was going private, or if I punch <laughs> stuff into Google around some some sort of client dynamic that I hadn't encountered mm. before, your name would often pop up. <laughs> yeah, and it's so it's <laughs> just kind of bizarre. It's really weird when I sort of always. You're kind of in that sex work celebrity status in my life. Oh, mind. I know. It's really I'm such a dag. listen I've, to me. There are so many
0: people that I've been fan, fangirling over for years and years. Yes. And then I'm like, oh my God, I've been fangirling over you for years. And they're like, what? No, I've been fangirling over you for years.
2: <laughs> it's so weird. So cool. Um, yeah, I am Tess Louise and I am a sex worker, um, mostly full service for the last five years. But a few other things. Do a little bit of porn, um, a little bit of stripping now. But I kind of more think of myself as a failed stripper since oh. I t- attempted to start stripping during COVID when that strip club in Darwin closed. So, oh, well, no. um, they, yeah, I was rejected. Um, but because of COVID. Yeah, and, yeah. because of you. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's what I'm going to keep telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> they will just like, no, we have to close now.
0: Oh, that, Justin, looks, that happens to me. Oh. I go to visit friends. They're like, no, sorry, we just, it's closing time. Closing time. It's we're clearly a line. <laughs> we've got to go by. <laughs> uh,
2: I feel like that actually such a big claim to fame. It was like, like um, I made a strip club close down. By so. showing up. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty iconic. I mean, <laughs>
0: You'd but have no. to be the world's worst stripper that strip clubs would voluntarily go out of business so as not to have to take you on. I don't think that's a thing. I, th- I, don't, I don't think it's so. your fault. I don't think mate. they
2: actually mind turning people away. No. Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> mm. uh, and yeah, I am also a co-host of It's So Hot. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: how do you two know each other? Because I don't think I've heard that story before.
1: Uh, we have we go known each other. Yeah, like <laughs> basically since we were. Five, six, like little—I oh, know—little yeah. know, little kids. Yeah, living in a small country town. Yeah,
2: oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't say that I'm Perth based. Oh, yeah. Now, but yeah, we did grow up in South Australia, in in you know bumfuck nowhere. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> in a very small church, mm. um, and used to sort of sing together after church and stuff like yes. that. So it was all very innocent for a little while. Yeah. So what if we sing chances? together
1: after church and then we'd play saddle club out at the farm. Oh, and, you know, all yeah. of those fun things and then <laughs> We were
2: traumatized by religious abuse. Yeah. And Yay, <laughs> you know, Yay,
0: wonderful. What a bonding experience. <laughs>
1: I feel like I feel like our younger years were probably quite nice, with the exception of perhaps other family dynamics
2: and things. Yeah. In but relation c- to our shared experience was probably yeah. like the better part of life as far as yeah. like it was all very creative and Yeah. Within those environments we yeah, it felt like we had a lot of Freedom. Yes, um, that's true. And, and we would yeah, force we everyone actually, to watch our so plays restricted. and our
1: dancing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Love, exactly. it. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Yeah, we had all these victims to sort of <laughs> <laughs> perform in front of. Um
1: performers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we, once we got to kind of high school, we got involved with a local youth group that turned into like a kind of a pretty much a cult. So I think that's something or certainly it had all those um, facets of a high control group. Um, oh, no. which, yeah, became quite uh, mm. messy and very abusive. So That's awful. Yeah, that was kind of our, like, teen years. Um, yeah. So I feel like we, we
2: were on, because when you're in um, sort of a cult or a cultish environment, I think that, often you can't share the bad experience mm. as much and you can't really yep. talk about what you're going through so I feel mm. like even though we were our lives were more parallel then and, and yes. we kind of saw each other's front so yes. at that you're stage putting on a brave like, face. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and kind totally. of saw each other as in the same um having the same belief systems and stuff like that not knowing Oof. that each other were sort of questioning or like oh. going through a bit of shit around it that mm. sounds really
0: um, isolating
2: yeah, it was. yeah. Yeah. So it took us a little while, like eventually we left. Um we, we sort of each had different kind of tipping points there.
1: Mm.
2: Um and we we wound up uh wound up in Adelaide. Um yeah. which is which which was great and you'd think we'd just like reconnect, but it actually took us a little while to See where each. It felt quite risky to ask each yes. other where we stood and yes. what our new views were becoming and yeah. and stuff like you that. You
0: could trust the other person and to support, yeah, support you. Let in, alone, in
2: that. yeah, exactly. Yeah, let yeah. alone say like, I'm thinking about sex work. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So
0: that was a later conversation. So it's not like yeah. So you guys reconnected before your respective interests developed in these areas?
1: Mm. Yeah, so we'd started kind of building a close friendship and then I think it was really when Tess moved across to WA and that we were then kind of in a lot more contact around like activism stuff and um, then Tess was exploring kind of the poly space as I was kind of deconstructing a lot of my sexual harm from um both the culty environment and even earlier. So I think we were connecting on a lot of those things and then Tess had come to visit me um, in Cairns, I remember. That's right. And you were probably, was it about like six months into a bit of sugaring
2: at the time? Yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't really know that I was doing sex work at that stage because I didn't really know that terminology and I also, Mm -hmm. I actually just really thought that like selling nudes was kind of normal. It's what you do. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. a lot of people
0: do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in some Interesting. form or another.
2: Mm. But like technically, technically, now I look back on it, I don't think I could have um, identified as a sex worker anyway just because I, I wasn't really um, very conscious of certain things or approaching it very, um, as people within the community I think generally do. Mm. But at the same time, like I hadn't learned that stuff or had that exposure yet. So I right. just sort of said like oh, there's this, there's this guy. I I fucked him it was he transferred me you know stuff like that so it was kind of talking about that stuff when I got to Cairns and I think I was just kind of like relieved to have someone who was pretty open-minded about this stuff um and didn't really see I didn't really see that at that point as like oh my god I'm I'm like I think if I if I saw it as like I'm a sex worker now It would have felt like an even bigger conversation, but it was kind of like this extended conversation about polyamory and things like that. Yeah. That's what I'm
0: doing.
1: Yeah, like, oh, I'm exploring this, you know. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I don't think, to be honest, like, I don't know, because everyone everyone gets into sex work differently and everyone's experience Mm. is different, right? And Mm. I just, like, sure, there may be some of us who are like, right, I want to be a sex worker. I'm going to go read this book and then I'm going to draw up a business plan, and that's great. That's great. I'm Aspie as fuck, so, of course, that's how I did it. But... (laughs) So, but that's not it's not the right way and it's not the only way and there are plenty of other ways. Oh, I'm just going to try a bit of brothel work. Oh, mm. actually, I just have this guy where we have this relationship that's like a little bit about money and a little bit about hanging out and a little bit mm. about sex, but we're not dating. Like yeah, I, I've heard that story before too and I think it's just as legit.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think that you're right. Like there are so many different avenues to sex work. Um, I think that in my mind, I didn't, I didn't have um, much understanding about negotiating the terms of each deal and stuff like that, mm. which is why I sort of felt like I probably wasn't a good. Well, I don't, I don't think anybody is really a great representation of the sex industry, but I'm kind of glad that I didn't use the term sex worker then, in mm. a sense. But at the same time, it was still like a really valid first experiences and was quite positive. And mm. and from there, exactly... I, I met a sex worker who. Um, like uh, Taylor Tara, who had written a book about her experiences in Perth um, and she um, sort of encouraged me to, you know, have some experience in a brothel and Mm. um, introduced me to a few other sex workers and stuff like that who kind of – challenge some of my bad habits and, and things. So that was that's <laughs> at that point I was like, ah, oh, okay, what I'm doing, there's actually like um it's, it can be an actual job and it can mm. be like an income and it can mm. be yeah, yeah reliable. It, well, not that it's ever that reliable, but it's just like I, I can yeah, actually rely on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and there's and like and, existing
1: um, structures, like and exactly. ways that people do business. Like and this yeah. is will world. There's yeah. peer not, support. And people and, yeah. will say, hey, this works have for
2: answers. us. Like yeah. things yeah. like, I was this is really a lot of, sort of information. We'll get back to us in two seconds. Like, oh no, this I, is wonderful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a really good representation of our podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. all over the place. Um I was having like a lot of uh, vaginal ag- aggravation at the, t- at the mm. start, and I didn't know that I had a latex allergy and stuff oh, like that. But like yes. first yeah. couple of first couple of bookings in a uh, first couple of um, shifts in a brothel, and I was told that, and I was like, oh my goodness, like that. <laughs> the- sex the-
0: workers know. <laughs> yes, sex workers know
2: more than um Any- more than sort of like lots of people in- even in the healthcare. Um, yeah, system totally around sexual well-being and maintenance
0: yeah but that's not to Um, shame you for not knowing because of course there's a learning curve and there's a shit ton i didn't know anything when i started my boundaries are really
2: bad Mm.
0: like we all come in at different places and like you know it's not like you don't get to call yourself a sex worker until you know all the things like you totally Mm. get to call yourself a sex worker no matter how much knowledge you have or where you are in your learning
2: yeah Mm. yeah Mm. that's it and you never stop learning too like right i feel like i i um you know every couple of months I sort of have this big because industry changes too and certain and client base changes and stuff like that, mm. try different things so to go. There's lots of learning curves um, along the way. So, yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, so we were in Cairns talking about yeah, fucking for money and, um, <laughs> and that went really well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We uh, were eating
1: churros. I remember vividly we'd oh. been down to the market and got these amazing churros. Oh, my God. We're having this combo and it was so interesting. I don't even know if I mentioned it at the time. But I had, like, I have other friends who have had experience in the industry as well. Mm -hmm. So I'd lived um, in Melbourne for a time. I'd lived in Tassie for a time and kind of along Mm -hmm. those pathways had met different people, some of whom were still in the industry and some of whom had previous experience. And it was so interesting because I'd never really, like, I kind of just knew that about friends and that was something that they would occasionally discuss. So it wasn't kind of this brand new idea to me like that in in perhaps the way that Tess might have been a bit worried about, which would be fair, like it given where I'd come from, it would be a bit
0: like, has she even heard of <laughs> sugaring <laughs> or like sex oh. work? Or, you know. my, my best friend out of high school was super religious
2: mm. and uh, the
0: conversation didn't go very well. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. As a
1: whole new idea, especially if you're coming from that framework of kind of, um sex and f- and feminine like or women having sex in particular in this right. very specific shaming of
0: women's sexuality in yes. particular that is prevalent everywhere but particularly in religion hugely yeah yeah and mm-hmm. the sex
1: meaning like sex uh, a woman having sex whether whether for money or not to be honest in a lot of christian circles mm-hmm. outside of a marriage a god ordained marriage yes. makes her less valuable it detracts from her as a as a human as a as a person um, and yeah, that's a pretty, I think, I think too, if you really take that on for yourself, like, cause that's the unlearning that, you know, both Tess and I have been on from our backgrounds. And, right. you know, um, it's a pretty big thing to unlearn and unpick for yourself Massive. because there are still parts of you that will rear, rear their ugly head and you kind of go, whoa, I didn't even think I thought that anymore. But you kind of find this random little voice that's like, about something sexual essential or sensual or, um yeah it's a pretty challenging thing
0: and then there are lots of little bits of society that'll keep coming around and biting you in the ass just when you think you're free of slut shaming and whorephobia and sex negativity someone else will pop up and be like oh that's a bit gross isn't it and you're like dude (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) yeah yeah
2: Yeah. it's also interesting like because Jen's had Jen's a civvy but has had like lots of exposure Mm. to conversations between sex workers and stuff like that. It's interesting what sometimes Stan – because she's sort of taking me on her processing journey, which is I guess when I entered the industry, I was really surrounded by by like quite experienced sex workers Mm, mm. um, who were like mentors – so I kind of, I've became very aware of my own like taboos and bias, uh, biases and stuff like that yeah, that I had to challenge right. um, and, and that had to happen really quickly and I'm very conscious of what my triggers were and and mm. moving through those and stuff like that. And, yeah, I'm, even though Jen and I had a similar upbringing, I'm sometimes surprised at what is that for you or yeah. for, um, uh, yeah, as far as the, the thing that. Uh, the things that had kind of tripped me up or kind of made me mm. um, experience internalised whore phobia or something like that what feels is confronting. different to mm. what is bringing up a, a, a potential um, fear or shame or something like mm. that response mm. for you. Yeah. Um, even though like I know that you're on that journey of like listening and mm. learning and stuff like that. and And that's not where it's stopping. It's just really fascinating that even with a similar upbringing and background and values around sex instilled and stuff like that, there's still a lot of different avenues and exposure Mm. to be had and that Mm. we had in that period when we weren't close that Mm. um, led to sort of, yeah, having, yeah, just kind of our own unlearning to do. Mm.
0: just ourselves mm. too because totally. the things the things we decide to judge ourselves for when we're yeah. like yeah when we're giving ourselves a bit of a whack with the slut shaming stick we all mm. pick different stuff right yeah. mm. T- totally. to shame ourselves around yes
2: yeah. yeah it's all it's 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 quite specific to the person and we're mm. quite sure that it's objective and yet it'll be so specific to um, yeah. whatever we're scanning for
1: yeah, it is amazing, isn't it, that we're so, we're really certain of our own critiques of ourselves and we we assume, every, yeah, everyone else has those exact same critiques of us and of themselves, uh, when in fact it can be very, very, very diverse different. and different. Yep.
0: Yeah. I get up to yeah. stuff without even, without a second thought and people go, what the hell? And then something really basic, I'll just suddenly just go, oh, wow, actually I feel really bad about that. Or I'm mm. feel really, yeah. And it still happens even after 12 years of doing sex work. Occasionally I'll just come awake in bed at night and be like, oh, what about that time that I stuck the thing in the thing?
2: <laughs> well, is that okay? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: That is, that's relatable.
0: I need to interrupt this podcast for a second to remind you about something really important. I'm recording this on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. It is stolen land, and I'd like to acknowledge that to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who may be listening. So you started out out in sort of grey area, like um, sugaring, that kind of stuff, and then sort of moved into brothel work. And and then somehow at the same time, Jen was also moving into a very specific area of psychology. Was that around the same time?
1: Mm. Yeah, it kind of was, I guess. Yeah. It's been interesting, I think, because um, I'd studied um, – <laughs> There's a joke in my family. So my grandma's still quite conservative and religious. Um, and pod listeners, she's so hard to we'll know. My grandma's featured a few times in our discussions. Oh, she's I thought got, about to
0: say your grandma's featured on the podcast. Oh, no, no.
1: Oh, <laughs> no, no, Our discussions of her are featured. <laughs> <laughs> but she was utterly... Con- so my mum studied social work and that helped her get away from the church. And she, my grandma blamed social work for bringing us all away from religion. <laughs> and so I then very happily studied social work and legit, it did help me get out of the church. <laughs> so I just loved that actually proved her right, accurate. Um, but I think it's so fascinating for me. So I studied social work um, and there was a lot in there that I really liked. There's a lot of the values framework that I really like. But as I increasingly followed along, I certainly... I certainly felt conflicted, I think, around the lack of nuance. Social work comes from, well, originally it comes from religion. It comes from these religious organisations back in the, you know, uh, 18th, 19th centuries that would run poor houses, that would sort of take in the poor and, and, you know, give charity. And from that was born this kind of socialised system um, or this kind of social work support system. Um, and that's tricky to have those kinds of origins, I think, but it also is very much like rooted in a very white worldview, a white middle-class worldview. Like paternalistic
0: um, so kind of. Very paternalistic. Colonial.
1: Yes, hugely. And especially it's it's also, I I feel, very strongly rooted in white feminism. So that's something that um, the more that i followed on the path of, Becoming a social worker and and working in these workspaces as a social worker, you know, as a as someone who's hired to like, quote unquote, come in and help people, um, I felt really conflicted because I felt that um, while there were some values I did agree with, there were other values and other kind of core underpinnings to social work that I that to me lacked a lot of nuance. And lacked a lot of critical reflection on, like, where is this idea come from? This idea of, like, self-determination is this core value of social work, right? But if we actually look at how social workers work with um, disadvantaged families, with Aboriginal people, with sex workers, you know, with all kinds of different people, this idea of self-determination and agency, actually what that means is um, what we believe is best for you. Rather that's than not, what that's you not self-determination. bring, self-determination. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I found increasingly over time that that the values weren't actually what was being enacted mm-hmm. well, in a lot cheap. of ways. Yeah. Um, I, read, I
2: read this thing on Instagram yesterday. I think we're um, just sort of calling out the fact that um, anyone who is like going to this is going to bring up a whole this whole other topic which i won't i won't sure. um which i won't stay on for too long but like with the abortion issues yeah. um and laws in america now um like they because you know abortion is now criminalized we're also going to have this up up kick in rescuing um yes. in like mm. in quote and unquote so i'm giving lots of quotation marks here, um, yeah. <laughs> lots of um support networks will be yeah. profiting from this by helping mm-hmm. with looking after babies or taking babies or yes. um you know and stuff like that which is quite quite gaslighting yeah um since this is as a res they're benefiting from the um yeah, from having people's choice taken away. So it sounds yeah. like a little well, bit similar. And bit I think that that's something that really resonates with sex workers in that, like, mm. often mm. social work. Because we know
0: rescue industry is massive for sex massive. workers. Massive. People yeah. try and, to rescue and, yeah, sex workers.
2: Similar to yeah. how, like, um, sex workers often, like, tar- um, disproportionately um, targeted and charged and stuff by police, mm. which brings in revenue also. So yes. the rescue process does as well so it's Isn't like just conscious of but it's very hard and I think yeah. I'm being a little bit frustrated at Jen sometimes like back then because even I I didn't I wasn't very understanding I didn't have an I didn't have the understanding of how complicated and political it is to fight the system within the system from <laughs> within the system <laughs> and imagine. that you pushing yeah. back is yeah. often often comes with a lot of sort of um, appealing to certain people and, mm, and things like oh, that. Yeah. In order to have that say, you have to sort of like appeal to the people who you want to challenge and then yeah. to, to have the respect of being able to challenge them and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I kind of had a little bit of like, it took me a little while to like completely know that Jen's an ally because of like just – even though I didn't understand the history of social work and um, and like sex work and how that had worked in with um, like I understood the history of like what was some of the history of like s- police and sex work, but I didn't understand yeah. the social work and sex work and yet I still had this suspicion, which I often do with CVs anyway. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, it just took me a little while. I think that also after the, we were still sort of like regaining this trust after, Mm. Um, like not being able yeah. to talk about things in the cult and stuff like that, but it wasn't. <laughs> it didn't take long for me to feel like oh, I am being heard, I am being supported. Um, mm. I, you know, you wanted me to do well, like, and stuff like that. It wasn't like um, there wasn't sort of any agendas around it or anything. Just waiting so, for yeah. a chance
0: to slip you a pamphlet, <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly, and that's the thing. Like,
1: I, to me, I can I cannot. In the same way that I cannot um, separate the role that social workers have played in The Stolen Generation, for example, I cannot separate the role that social workers have played and continue to play in the rescue industry when it comes to sex workers. Right. And like that is very real and ongoing actually in both cases, both in the removal of Aboriginal children and in Mm. kind of the enforced quote-unquote rescue of sex workers rather than a meaningful engagement with the industry and actually going what would support what would my support actually be useful? Like what yeah, what actually yeah. is useful? What can I what do? What does that actually you yeah. know, what can I yeah. do that is beneficial as opposed to my imposed Yeah uh, and my industry's imposed view on right. sex work. Um yeah. So it's been an interesting and then I transitioned into research, um, in part because I had a breakdown. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Mainly because like, and I loved the work I was doing. It was in a remote Aboriginal community. I was working with families, loved the clients, loved the work, Um, but really struggled with, without saying too much, I struggled with the non-local structures um, at play, funding and, and like you say, the appealing within a system. So in order to get the funding to do the work that is useful for community, um, you have to appeal in a certain way, and that just became increasingly dissonant from from I think what I I think at my core is a, an activist heart, and I think there's a it got to a point where I just couldn't meet I couldn't match the two together. Oh God! Um, and and when you have strong cognitive dissonance like that, it does make you ill. It 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 makes your you actually unwell because your body and your brain can't Kind of live in that
0: split
2: place. It.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Very what
0: a stress. Yeah. So, yeah. I was,
1: what I was fortunate to do was to get an opportunity to do um, some doctoral research, which allowed me to come out of that specific situation. But <laughs> yet again, my activist heart is like tripping me up there because there are parts of the academy that very strongly believe that academic work shouldn't be activism, it should only be. Um, creating an evidence base that activists can come and use. I take mm. a very different perspective to that. I say what's the point of researching important social issues other than to use what we find to argue for a better structure or to but, argue for change?
0: We know that there's bias anyway in these kind yeah. of things, so we may as well acknowledge our bias acknowledge, and that's rather there. than pretend we're unbiased. There's a lot of really exactly. bad research about sex work um, and, so. you know, just because it's an academic doesn't mean you can rely on it no, oh, so, so ha- totally. actually, considering those things is so important. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I think the podcast for me has been this valuable place where I think my activist heart can actually engage. <laughs> engage, I think, and over time, as the podcast, we've evolved into being able to speak to speak to issues of decrim and to kind of be much more open about our positioning in that, um, which that has evolved over time, like with the podcast as well. Yeah,
2: yeah definitely. I think that like it's um throughout sort of the our first season like um episodes one to fifty we were kind of um talking about we we, we were very focused on gender um yep. um men's mental health and mm-hmm. also um issues like coercion and stuff like that mm-hmm. and and then and then. I had a a nightmarish day, and went to um, get some legal advice, um, and and also some support from Magenta, which is the um, sex work support organisation here. Mm-hmm. And um, and that, then we recorded just in a in a period while we were setting up season two. Uh, we just did did a recording on international day to end violence against sex workers and and mm-hmm. that that episode really shaped a lot moving forward i think that there was um that that actual discussion it wasn't even just the fact that it was a mm. recorded thing it it did bring a lot of feedback but also um and shaped the direction of the podcast but also even just having having had enough context between us to be able to have that rant and with that Mm. kind of nuance and be understood was really Mm -hmm. quite uh, rewarding
1: Mm.
2: um and definitely yeah that that um we call
1: it the angry episode yeah that's how we refer to it because we were angry
2: yeah
1: (laughs) like validly that one but um Yeah.
2: yeah it was yeah and sort of I was um having struggles navigating um police at that time. Mm. And uh after that we sort of got all this feedback, we <laughs> <laughs> mixed feedback. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, my clients just weren't very quiet. They were they were interacting with me on every other platform, but nothing about the podcast, mm. which is really unusual. Mm-hmm. Um and and so I, I kind of got the feeling I called one of them. And to ask how he was feeling and he said it was good because he was processing it, but it was
0: yeah, right.
2: overwhelming and mm. and hard to do that. Yeah. And then we got this sort of influx of like feedback from sex workers which freaked me the fuck out because I didn't realise any sex workers were listening. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I was like Tessa's me. like, wait, what? Hang oh my on. god. <laughs> Why would they I, listen? I they knew about sex? I'm men and stuff.
0: <laughs> Clearly you're sharing stuff that people can relate to mm. even before we got, even before you got to the angry episode, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. So I guess um, before then it was quite, it was focused on sort of areas of like personal interest and stuff like that, mm. which were still quite social, social justice related and stuff yeah. like this. But um, after that, it was more. It felt like more. It, and I'm I'm saying this in a really positive way. It didn't feel mm. like our podcast anymore. Mm. It was like, um, it was more like a conversation with, um, with people who had requests about the direction and yeah. Um, and also you were speaking
0: with them at that point. Yeah, you were getting mm. feedback and knowing that what you were saying was necessary. Yeah. Mm.
2: And, mm. and part of that feedback, or part of the themes within that feedback, so a lot of the feedback was around, like, please talk about decrim more yes. from sex workers, was like yeah. repeatedly coming up. It was, please talk about police more. Um, it was, um, please talk about uh, sort of the hierarchy, which you have an episode mm. coming up on, and stuff like that. So that was coming yeah. from sex workers. For men, it was. Um. Please, uh, we have like it was the kinds of feedback I was getting is like, at this stage we're feeling quite um, connected to to us, and it's quite it's helpful information to know what you're going through because it puts social issues into context. Yeah, mm. having mm. examples of it, but it's very challenging. Mm. So. Um, break break up that information. Mm. Give it mm. bite size In small pieces. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got a bit structured yeah. after that.
1: Yeah, um, we started to talk about like, oh, if we do this, we probably need this particular topic before that one because that lays like we started to actually um, form a bit of a trajectory mm-hmm. so that you could take people with you, both mm-hmm. both
0: sex workers, civvies and clients. Like, yeah, yeah. Trying to get that balance, around- and it's you know. Stuff like decrim and stuff mm. like sex worker rights, um, yeah, that are big topics that take a long time to unpack. Um, mm. that, that can take a lot of podcasts to get to the bottom of that, especially if people are listening that aren't or aren't already familiar with that stuff. Yeah, yeah.
2: and a lot of it I was learning along the way, totally. um, we were, yeah. sort of due to my my challenges, and also, um, yeah, uh, and also sort of to. Um, there were, kind of, I guess, there were topics within that. Like, yes, I was pro decrim. Yes, I understood that certain groups are being targeted more, and I had already like a fervent interest in refugee rights and stuff like that. But there were definitely a few topics in there that I had kind of avoided learning about, I guess. So, and mm-hmm. suddenly I was like, okay, um, it's really, it's actually kind of a responsibility to be seen as a sex worker publicly. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really taken that on and that sort of mm. shaped that. And I think it shaped our um, dynamic as well. Like even though we still just, we're very um, casual, like we tend to sort of record half of our conversations and <laughs> and some of them turn into episodes. So a lot of it yeah. does actually kind of um, overlap with real life or um, mm. yeah. And I think that we, what I found at that stage when we were directly talking about sex work itself. it was very different because f- historically we had been um, two women talking about gender largely. Mm. Um, and now we were talking uh, uh, now we were talking about sex work and I personally became very it was like the honeymoon phase was over because it was like for me and the what is it the power struggle? Um, Hmm. began because it was a little bit like um, I became aware of our differences. I became Hmm. aware that like as a sex worker we're now, I felt like we were talking about a subject where we are now in different camps. Well, lived Um, experience is absolutely a thing.
0: It doesn't mean that people who don't have lived experience can't talk about sex work because we all need to talk about it. This is something I like about your (laughs) dynamic so much. Um, But, yeah, lived experience brings things with it like a certain A certain authority, or and certainly a certain positioning, um, mm. and those things need to be considered when you're having discussions. Um, you're right; it does sort of change the dynamic a bit, doesn't it? Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. We could both, um, and and I guess like uh, Jen's understanding of social issues was really helpful because it 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 meant that she was used to that sort of um, switching uh, or turning off you know, p- putting that privileged mindset aside for a bit and stuff like that, perspective shifting and stuff like that. And, yeah, I hadn't even realised how specific sex worker issues are. So sometimes, um, yeah, so sometimes weird. I was getting a little bit panicky around certain terminology and, you yeah. um,
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm still and then learning. We had
2: the cr- yeah, and then we had the crying episode, which was, <laughs> <laughs> it was so Well, we both were, like, yeah. weeping. See, this
1: is one of my Three? number one things that, like, I would say I have learnt so much from sex workers about and that was what came up in the crying episode uh, was the main thing that we were crying about was consent, right? Yeah, right.
0: That makes and me cry how too. how
1: fucking low CV bar, the civi bar is, particularly Generally. for civi women in terms of consent. And so Tess was sharing an interaction that we'd had in which – we were speaking about Tess going on a holiday with someone and kind of how you would go about negotiating Mm -hmm. the dynamics of that paid holiday Mm um and In the context of that, there was then a conversation about how many times and like what consent would look like. And I had sort of said a few times in that conversation, like, oh, but obviously it would depend on how you're going. Like you always kind of need to be able to say no. And so then in a future episode, which was the crying episode, Tess was talking about like, oh, it really worries me. Or like that, you are out in the world having sexual experiences where your bar is just being able to say no at all, right. at all. Yeah, just right. putting like the brakes on is the one thing that, the that one. they have. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my! And I had this huge revelation. I was like, oh my god, yeah! Like that's fucking
0: depressing. This is what we're told. <laughs> consent is. We're told consent yeah. is if you yeah. say no to sex, someone respects it. They don't say consent is people should actually check whether they're having a good time. Yes, they, you know, consent is if it's not feeling good, if it's not pleasurable, that you actually are allowed to say no. Like no one says all this stuff.
2: No. Yeah. Well, why, yeah. why do it then as well? Like, yeah. you know, if your terms aren't, if your motivations aren't being um, valued then. Mm. Because, yeah. you
0: know, we're also taught that sometimes sex is just about someone else enjoying themselves and that if you're yes. not, you should just shut up. And that is the, that is the best unlearning that I've unlearned from, mm. from uh, mm-hmm. sex work, that sex yeah. should be about everyone. That, yes, that no one is just in service to someone else. That's not mm. good. That's not good consent, unless you really get off on being in service to someone else. But that's another. Topic. That's a different, yeah. Neg-
1: yeah. different negotiated <laughs> dynamic. <Yeah>. It's not. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but you know, I've had friends who came back from date, Tinder dates, and they were like, "Oh, yeah, it was pretty bad sex. Like halfway through, it started to hurt, and so I said that hurts, and then he just kept going. Oh, and I'm like, mate, that's sexual assault." Yeah, Yeah. they're like no, because I didn't say no. Like I didn't do safe word. I just went, this hurts, and I'm not enjoying it. Because we're not taught that that's that should be listened to. You know, that's really
2: interesting that you said that. Because i I was only I was motivated to have that conversation where I was sort of like, because I I felt a little bit uncomfortable about um advocating for a standard of consent that I didn't actually um didn't I didn't feel actually represented my views, especially yeah. now, having had recently found out that sex workers were listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and also yeah. they're all going
0: to be doing it differently too, like, so of yeah. course.
2: Yeah, but yeah. I would actually like think of like people who I do like doubles with and stuff and going like, I yes. need them to know that I um, like would advocate for whatever terms they're working towards in order to mm-hmm. make this a really positive exchange. Yeah. And I needed to demonstrate that and so I felt a little bit worried about um the theme of like advocating for being able to say no I mean, that's kind of mm. concerned me so I knew that we had to talk about it and I stayed up yeah. half that night thinking like how I'm gonna structure it because oh. and the reason is is because I don't I usually avoid these conversations with severe women because like you I have essentially oh, sorry I, I'm looking at you both separately but um like Georgie I had I had told women that that what they had experienced was mm. like objectively rape and then mm. they had had this like realisation that and terror and stuff like that and I, I didn't want to, I had kind of decided not to do that anymore <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. in, in one-on-one dynamics. But, so Fair then enough. I was like, oh, here we go. But um, and we didn't know whether we'd actually we had recorded that episode because we had had other things to record that day, so we're just recording everything. But um, it actually turned into a, an episode that really shaped things moving forward as well. And to be honest, it was so worth it because since then, and a lot of people are like, oh, you know, how how are you and Jen so like close and like your friendship and stuff like that? A lot of people sort of like ask ask us about our, our mm. dynamic and stuff like that it's through this really hard stuff like yeah um yeah. hard conversations it, it develops a lot of trust like since then like because it took a, a while you know it t- takes a while like way back in Cairns when you know to to know that I, I would be supported by doing sex work and then a lot mm. of like and you know, it takes like took like 50 episodes to to be able <laughs> to have the angry episode. It took a few more to have the crying episode where I was like yeah. I need you to listen to this that I don't it doesn't always go well I'm really worried so then yeah. I, I sort of explained that the best I could while feeling quite emotional about it, and then um, which was good because I felt like I was at my limit of trying to explain that to to the Civi women, I guess, and not and that sounds a little bit patronising, but I I just sort of felt like I had hurt people accidentally, yeah. in the past mm. or, or triggered yeah. people accidentally, and I didn't want yeah. to. Whereas and in actually, this s- since then, maybe just because of like. Jen not having that relationship with the conversation or something, she has, like, mm. essentially, like, repackaged that information and, like, f- from so many different angles in, like, every second episode since then.
1: Yeah, and yeah. And, like it's love been it. such a relief
2: not only to know that, oh, cool, we're back on the same page on on that topic because yeah. that yeah. was all I was really after.
1: Sure. Yeah, um, that you were heard.
2: Yeah, it's not it just even that. It's, it like, worked. being, it's now, like, a better standard of consent is being advocated for, and I can just and I don't have to. Yeah. Worry. Uh, it. It's like um that's got positive flow on effects, and I don't. I can now like heal some of my um experiences of of those conversations not going very well, mm. you know, um, and being projected onto and stuff like that, mm. and mm. Or, and mm. feeling worried about people. Um, while not managing the conversation. I yes. feel like Jen's kind of, I mean, this sounds. So I feel like half of what I'm saying sounds kind of like negative, but like it's been really positive for me because I was like, oh, cool. um, Like it was cool to have an experience of like it gave me a lot of motivation and faith in advocacy as well because I was like, well, oh, cool, mm-hmm. like I can explain something and some people mm-hmm. will understand it and then yeah. advocate for better standards of consent, which is not even just a sex worker. Oh, that's I think everyone. it's universal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right these conversations positive positive. can go For well. Yeah,
0: yeah. Totally.
1: yeah. And ideally it then shifts the labour from tests on to, as in then the labour for like passing that on and reinforcing and like starting up those conversations with other civvies. Ideally, civvies could do that with each other. Yeah. As in we yeah. learn a lot from sex workers, I think in part because sex workers have a, a breadth of experience and particularly experience in communicating about sex oh in a way God. that civvies just fucking don't and that's a travesty. But ideally, like well, what that can mean then is like I've learned a lot from all the sex workers that we've spoken to and I feel very, very privileged but then that should mean that I take that knowledge and those things I'm learning and I then take them to my civvy circles and keep those conversations going. It shouldn't then be like, oh, I'll keep seeking out sex workers mm. to learn these things mm-hmm. because that continues to put the burden of education onto sex workers. There mm. needs to be a balance of like valuing the knowledge and skill that have allowed sex workers to give this education without kind of just always reverting to like, you know, I'll chat to Georgie or chat to Jess, uh, to Jess, to Tess. Uh, They know all about this stuff. Like if I've learned this stuff and I can then communicate it to others, I I should be and that's beneficial. Um,
0: Yeah. Totally. And I do believe and I hope that we'll get to a place one day where talking about consent and talking about sex education Mm -hmm. is a peer-to-peer thing and not peer yeah. as in peer of sex workers but peer as in fucking everyone. Everyone. That, that your mate will tell you that about a bad Tinder date and you'll go, oh, actually that was what happened to you was not cool um, yeah. and you'd be with a, within your rights to go to the police or that was not cool yeah. what you did. Uh, you actually need to do better than that, mate. Here's yep. what I say when that happens. And, yeah, you know, yes. we, we don't do it at the moment because we just don't have the words and the knowledge. So it's understandable. Yeah. We don't know what to say to our friends in those situations. But once we yeah. have the words, then we yeah. can. And that's really yep. cool. Yeah, and yeah.
2: you do I'm used to it. Like in a way, I think it was a little bit jarring when I started working in brothels because of how like direct the communication around like acts and agreements and stuff were. But right. what, what I realized, especially after an experience um, that I think I took her in episode fifty-one, where like a sex worker was doing a double with me and and mm. and she was um, enforcing and. Um, advocating for all of the standards and expectations that I had outlined in my boundaries oh, and stuff so like good to that. see
0: someone doing that
2: mm. very clearly, directly. It wasn't even like it wasn't so much that she was even trying to. It was just proceeding as if whatever I had said would be inevitable, and if mm. it wasn't, that would be weird. And that yes. was like that changed my life, like, and because yeah. that made me realize these these conversations are. Um, Are meant to feel good. Mm.
0: Yes, yes, and they're meant Mm. to be just, just accepted. Like it's not a big deal that you have all these different boundaries around how you're looking for sex.
2: You know how totally normal
0: that we should have preferences and and, uh, and they should be respected. It gives me
2: permission to like recognize little things. Like there's certain like there's certain stroking touches that kind of, in some spots, kind of make me feel like my skin is turning to jelly. I just get this weird sensation from it, Mm. and like. It's just like a sensory thing, it's just a me thing, yeah. but I'm way more likely now to say, Hey, can you just like touch me firmly there? And yeah, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, and just to recognize, um, it's it's it comes out in the little ways over time, I think, when you yeah. go, Oh, I just said that.
0: We're <laughs> moving yeah. to, towards better sex, not away from yes. consent violation. Yeah. And consent isn't exactly. something that stops consent violation, it's something that you use to have better sex, yeah. And often we're just like oh, you know, I can't say no until it gets really bad or I can't say anything until yeah. I'm actually in pain or they're doing something I really dislike. But actually it's fine to say no to something that's just not as good as you'd like it to be. Yeah. So that it, yeah, so yeah. That it gets better, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. I always like to deal in Absolutely. like in yeses too. Like I like, to, I like to be talking about what we want to do and what's like, yes I feel good I feel like that creates a a, con, a direction and, and lots of options of consensual activities and stuff which yep. i find really yeah um like and I know just a hot, hot conversation and and yes <laughs> in yes general. So, right. you know, and I think that like for um like I imagine like a lot of people who are listening to um to this podcast as well is like if if like for people who are kind of seeking out this information like I imagine that like if, if someone hears something like oh actually like on that part of my arm a firm touch feels a bit better um mm. then that'd like be well, it's good to know you know yeah it, like, it would be weird to um it would be it, that's that's a good sign like that's yeah, things, yeah things are going well mm. and <laughs> yeah. also
0: it's not a suggestion like yeah. if I say hey I kind of prefer to be touched this way than that way I'm not I'm not saying and if you feel like it you can comply. Mm. I'm saying now you know the thing that you're supposed to be doing and the thing that you're not the thing I don't enjoy which you're yeah. not going to do and the yeah. thing that I do enjoy which you yeah. are if you're if you're into that too. Yeah. Okay. It's not yeah. A, I'm not asking. Yeah. If I, if yeah. I politely say to someone in session, "Hey, like um, you know, that thing you did doing now, not, not working for me so much, but that thing you did a second ago was great." I'm not asking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you. I'm like giving you the yeah. direction.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. and and moving in the moving in the direction that was expressed as not feeling great is a huge red flag. Like mm. well, yeah, because it know? shows people
0: don't understand that that is a boundary. They have to yeah. hear, no, you must not do that. That is my mm. boundary to hear it as a boundary. whereas to yeah. me now, everyone's preferences, are boundaries to me because Absolutely. I care about yeah. people. Of course, I don't want to do something to them that doesn't work for them, Absolutely. even if it's a little yeah. bit or a lot, you know?
2: Yeah. 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 And just been given yeah. all these other options in that conversation, right. it's sort of like there's so yes. much to do. Why do the yeah. thing that's not feeling great?
0: Exactly. Don't forget that we have an online membership program. Membership gives you access to videos on our website that show you how to have incredible experiences with sex workers. We even have a private Twitter feed so that you can connect with your fellow sexual adventurers. To become a member, visit satisfactionproject.com and hit the sign up button.
1: And this is something, again, I think like this is <laughs> we t- we were talking in the lead up to this um, podcast, one of the questions was like, you know, um, why do sex workers have all the good sex, right? And I think one of the big things, <laughs> one of the big things is um, knowledge and experience, and I'm not talking experience in terms of like, oh, I've done X amount of blowjobs and that's why I'm really good at it. I mean like <laughs> experience and confidence in this kind of communication. Right. So the average civvy listening to this conversation right now will be hearing this going, I love this, this sounds awesome, but I would be terrified to have this conversation.
0: Actually right. say the words, yeah. Yeah,
1: but here's the thing. Like the reason that Georgie and Tess like have developed these is experience practice like
0: yeah, it, it, was it will
1: get easier <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like that this is where we want to be I think and like it's about practicing trying and a big part of that is also knowing what you Trying to figure out what you actually want. Yeah. In order right. to be able to
2: communicate yeah. that. That's a huge yeah. thing. Sometimes, sometimes we, don't know. Too, we like... don't know. We Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Exploring, yeah. giving a go, go, no, nah, I don't not that not for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. stuff well, like that. Well, sometimes we
0: don't it's know cool. that we're not enjoying something. And then mm. it was sort of like, oh, this is fine. No, this is uh, oh no this isn't fine and it's tuning mm, yes. into that little shift where you move from yeah I'm enjoying oh no actually I'm not enjoying this mm, and picking up on it mm, sometimes yeah. it takes a while to do that and a lot of practice and tuning into your body yeah. to be like yeah, yeah I love anal oh wait I do not like anal yeah okay, I'm going to take that off the menu yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah or for <laughs> whatever reason today in this moment like nah now right? it's not not working for me yeah and um yeah. and then how to communicate that you know yeah. that yeah. will Will get right. easier over time. I'm I am <laughs> still way, working on, on it. <laughs> <suggest> <laughs> me, to like, me too,
2: mate. <laughs> yeah, I can suggest <laughs> to like non-sex workers, like if you, um, if if you like would like to Im- improve or um, practice talking about sex, then to go to one of the like escorting websites. I know that, like mm. some of the ones in Australia have a page like that's called either acronyms or services mm. or something like that. And there'll be like a list of like codes. Yes. Sex workers and clients, at least mm. regular clients, are quite um, fluent in using, mm. which is kind of mm. like a language for lots of sexual acts that you may not have known Can actually give you ideas. like have words for them. Yeah. I'm actually and working
0: like, on an article that I haven't finished yet on my website that lists all the different terminology oh, that people need to know. Oh, so all yes. that stuff, the D-A-T-Y oh, cool. and the M-S-O-G yeah. and the, yeah. what is Spanish? Yeah, One, one gets confused. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a building's just opened up down the road in Fitzroy called the Spanish club. And every time, every time I drive past it with a partner, I'm like, <laughs> for those who don't know Spanish means sex where someone puts their dick between someone else's boobs. Yeah, but, you know, not everyone knows that, right? So maybe yeah. a list of a list of potential sexual acts yeah. is a good place yeah. to start. And
2: like, even if you never actually tell anyone this, like, whatever mm. sort of porn you might be watching, or like whatever is a fantasy, or just like imagine a scene um, of sex or something like that. Mm. How um, can you now describe it, or like, can you go through that mm. list and like, because mm. then you it, it means that you've got options. You also know what your specific needs are in comparison to what or that might be requests for somebody else whereas mm. and and not necessarily is everyone's things, thing, although it will be lots of people's thing if it's on a mm. <laughs> acronym page probably. But um, but like yeah, what the the kind it gives you a bit of a direction of not only how to express things, but what what to express if you yeah, choose yeah. to. You don't actually have to have the conversation, but at least then you would know how to approach it. It Knowing yourself.
0: It's such an important place.
2: Self-knowledge, like you said, hey, last time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially Mm. if you're going to negotiate with a sex worker for a particular service, knowing yourself. Otherwise you can't ask for the things you actually want. In which case you may in fact not get the things that you actually want. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm.
0: This is really cool. I love the fact that this episode was to go, Well, what have we learned from sex workers? And that actually the big takeaway is communication like that is yeah. that's where it's at
1: that's where yep. it's at. yeah yeah yeah
0: I'd also oh, love to know um you know what what have you folks got coming up what are you excited about with regards Ooh. to your podcast
2: oh I can it's I just say things. a little bit of
1: what we're working on Anything that you're about. Well, we to have an about. episode coming up very soon, which I'm super excited about yeah. about the hierarchy. Yeah. So we had um the fantastic Liv who has been on the podcast before talking about her experience as a BDSM provider. Um Liv's also an educator, um, and uh, came and spoke to kind of a group of us, it ended up being a group session, um, learning about the kind of the hierarchy and the different ways that interacts, um, yeah, both within the I sex see. industry but also with women more broadly, yeah, we had um we in had society
2: civies in that group as well it was a big, bigger group. Yeah. So There's a different reflections on like how v- women are valued mm. in society. Mm. Um, yeah. Strip
0: is good, yeah. hook is bad. Yeah, that yeah. kind of shit. Yeah, civvies yeah, duck Textbook
2: is bad. All of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um,
1: so that one's was amazing. really cool. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Also, I'm mid edit, and it is we excellent.
2: Can't Yeah, we can't say too much about this yet, but we are also um, working on a a documentary and a few other things like that. Oh my god! The information which we can tell
1: you a bit more about off air. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Okay.
2: So. Let's put a pin in that one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And very exciting. Yeah, and heaps of yeah. We've got some great guests coming up. And just more learning, more good. Good learning. Uh, we were joking last night, or Tess was laughing at my description. I said I feel like our podcast is basically just one massive conversation yeah. that you just get like little snippets of each time. So it's like a hundred hours of like conversation. And Tess is saying, "Oh, it's a very neurodivergent way of looking at a po- yeah. podcast, but I love it. It's just like one big conversation, it's one long journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: yeah, into little bits to make it easier yeah. for folks, like we talked exactly.
1: about. Yeah." yeah. <laughs> So lots more conversation to come, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited. Um, yeah. I would love for you to share where people can find your stuff if they're not already familiar with you. And I'm sure like many, many people listening to this or will already be listening to your podcast. But just in case <laughs> we've got any people that haven't listened to It's So Hard podcast, where can they find you folks?
2: Uh, so you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at SoHardPod and our website is itsohard.info. Um mm-hmm. Also on Spotify, uh, everywhere else. All the places yeah.
0: good podcasts yeah. are sold. Yes. yes.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> That's
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> and check out, do check out our website because Tess has done an incredible job of um, setting the website up and we have like a resources page with all kinds of great information for um, sex workers, for allies, for medical professionals, all kinds oh, of good stuff there. Oh, so, Fantastic. Yeah, definitely um, admire her beautiful work on that yeah. website. Get yeah, among so,
2: that, folks. Yeah, <laughs> um, for civvies as well, like Jen's um, Jen's written a checklist for people who are like interested in working out what some of their personal views or beliefs might be a bit a bit homophobic for people who sort of mean mm-hmm. well. Uh, so yeah, if you're looking great. to challenge that, we've just put yeah. up a blog a blog on there. Oh, yeah, I'm going right to send that stuff.
0: link out to a few
2: people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes I was trying we to have... work out whether it's passive aggressive to send it to people, but <laughs> it's like it's it's my friend. Bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I just what I send you This
0: basically the, the
1: whole phobia checklist. Let me just slide uh, that yeah, into your yeah. DM there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, all the satisfaction project is for it isn't really. But what I can do is just send. Send links out to clients occasionally, or whenever someone's having trouble with a particular <laughs> client, send a really nice article explaining yes. what they're doing that is wrong, cool. just yes. nicely without shaming them, but just going yes. hey, like let's set F the record right. straight. Right. That right. is a
2: cool thing about being a writer. Hey, I hadn't thought of mm. that. Like just, I'm, I'm like kind of known for my messages being essays, but that is a bit preachy. I feel like sending <laughs> <something laughs> an article.
0: it's great it's great so i would love if you're thinking you want to learn more about sex work or sex work politics as a client get into this stuff this stuff is really good it will inform your experience um good skills and just good attitude make all the difference totally yeah Mm. Thank, thank you thank so, so much, much for speaking. Thank I you. love our little ch- They're not little Yeah, chases, no, no, thank you for, I know. <laughs>
2: thank you for having us. Yeah. <laughs> Very easy to speak to.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Anytime. You are the best <sighs> really and good luck with your, um, with your next endeavours. They sound thank awesome.
1: You. you too. Exciting. <laughs> thank you so much.
0: Thanks for joining us. If you want to become an expert client, head on over to the website satisfactionproject.com for more articles, your questions answered, and exclusive member-only content. After all, wise clients are the best clients. Stick with us and you'll be well on your way to having those peak experiences with sex workers that make life worth living.